And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again to relax in your favourite rocking chair with a cup of tea and a huge slice of seed cake. And as the crumbs cascade like a waterfall down the front of your string vest, join us once again as we pay our weekly visit to the show business legend, raconteur, after-dinner speaker and vice president of the Flatley Dyer Association of Great Britain, 1968 to 1969. Yes, indeed, it's time for the next instalment of... Come to Arthur Strong's radio show. Right then, let's get that kettle on. Have a nice cup of tea. No, things to do today. Things to do today. Things to do. <laughs> Things to do today. Things to do today. To do today. To do today. To do today. Look, will you just stop saying that, for goodness sake? All right, let's make a list. Stars as we mean to go on. Right, um, I did have a pencil last night, didn't I? What's happened to that then? I was using it to write my letter of complaint to the cream cracker people with it last night. <laughs> Ah, here it is, that letter. I'll, I'll have a read of that back before I post it. <clears throat> Dear sir or madam, because I don't know to whom you concern. <laughs> I write to complain to you in the most strongest terms imaginable about your product you laughingly refer to as cream crackers. <laughs> I feel impelled to point out to you that your use of the word cracker is as erroneous descriptively as it is possible to be. And so, on to my personal predicament. Picture the scene, if you will. I innocently sat down on the evening in question, looking forward to a nice bit of Cheshire cheese I'd been saving for just such an occasion as this one I'm telling you about at the moment about. <laughs> I extracted a cream cracker from your packaging and placed atop of it a thinly sliced slice of the aforementioned Cheshire cheese. When I lifted it up to my mouth to have a bite of the offending article, it rendered itself asunder, breaking in half, cascading both crumbs and cheese in equal measures onto my newly steam-cleaned Cyril Lord Axminster carpet. Open brackets, discontinued, close brackets. Your product was soggy beyond the pale, and I look to you to hear what you're going to do about it. I am a busy celebrity, and not without some clouts in society. So you should bear that in mind in any offer of constipation. <laughs> I believe an legal precedent has already been set in the case of Strong versus Johnson's Garden Peas, in which a rubber band was retrieved from a family-sized tin. Johnson's coughed up a cardboard box full, so you should be thinking of something along those lines in terms of a settlement. In conclusion, I would further... Oh, for crying out loud. Hello? Hello, I'd like to speak to Count Arthur Strong, please. Oh, you would, would you? Yes. Well, I'm not sure whether that's possible at the current moment. Are you Count Arthur Strong? Oh, let's just not get ahead of ourselves, if you don't mind. <laughs> um... If you'd like to state the nature of your business, then perhaps I'll go and see if I'm in. 
Um, I'm Chris Johnson from the Oxford Union. I'm phoning about this evening to make sure everything's all right. What's it got to do with you? Well, I'm organising it. I don't need any help organising my evening, thank you very much. It's all taken care of. I'm watching Dowsy Ellen Pascoe tonight. My friend and butcher's taped it for me. Um, I'm organising the debate you're taking part in tonight at the Oxford Union. Is that tonight? Oh, sod it. Uh, look, please, is Count Arthur Strong there? Uh, one moment, caller. I'm trying to connect you. Uh, um, Count Arthur Strong, there was a telephone call for me. Uh, you. Um, oh, is there? Then I'll come to the phone immediately to talk to him. He says he's coming to the phone immediately to talk to you. This is him now. Uh, next, I mean. After whoever I am has finished talking to you. Thank you very much, um, Jenkins. You could take the rest of the day off. <laughs> Hello, Count Arthur Strong talking to you. You sound like the same person. Same person as what? That I was talking to before. Before what? How far back are you going? Look, are you Count Arthur Strong? Of course I am. I've just been and got me, don't you remember? <laughs> It's Chris Johnson from Oxford University Union. Oh, yes. How lovely to speak to you. I've so much time for everyone from Oxford and Camford. It's Camford. Oh, uh, Cambridge. Well, I'm just checking that everything's all right for tonight's debate. Oh, yes. Don't you worry about that. Nothing slips through my head. Everything's all organised. My reputation for thoroughness and meticulousness is well-known and appreciated by all in the business. It's why I work as often as I do. Right. Well, the other people taking part will be Professor Anthony Bartlett and Dr Julia Andrews. You'll each have three minutes to make That's your... not Julia Andrews, out of the sound of music, is it? Uh, no, no, it's Julia. Dr Julia Andrews. Oh, that's a shame. That's one of my favourite films, is that? I would have loved to have had a chat with her about how she defeated Christopher Plummer and the Nazis. Uh, well, no, it's not her. You'll each have three minutes to make your case and then we throw it open for debate. It should be a very interesting evening. Oh, yes, it definitely will. It definitely will. Yes, that sounds as though it definitely will. Oh, just remind me, what's it all about tonight again? Don't you know? Oh, yes, I, I do know. Um, it's just I'm having an extension built and the builder, um, Bob, um, has... <laughs> has put a big pile of bricks in front of my filing cabinet where all my documents, pertinent and relevant to whatever it is this evening, is about, are kept. Um, I've told him about it, but you know what builders are like. Oh, they're worse than milkmen for piling stuff up in your way. If I had a pound for every milk bottle I've tripped over on my own doorstep and they don't care... It's a debate on creationism versus evolution. Oh, soddish. <laughs> Pardon? Um, I'm, I'm talking to my builder I told you about. Um, excuse me a moment. Um, Oi, you... Um, what did I say his name was? Uh, Bob. Bob. Um, I have told you, Bob, until I'm blue in the head, not to put your bricks in front of my tiling cabinet. Oh, in fact, I tell you what, you've broken the camel this time. You're sacked, Bob. I cannot sanction this sort of behaviour. Never darken this doorframe again. 
Uh, look, don't sack him on my account. That's awful. Oh, I'm afraid it's too late. He's already out of the house already. And, and, and frankly, it's been coming for some time. I'm just sorry you have to hear that. It's never pleasant overhearing someone dismiss someone. Anyway, you'll just have to deliver someone else's milk to someone else, won't he? In the future. I should be getting mine from the supermarkets, Bob. Are you talking to me now or your builder? What builder? Oh, no, um, he's gone, he has. That's the last we've seen of him, Bob. I'm not Bob. I'm Chris. Well, then, in that case, you know, he may have gone, but obviously his presence still lingers, like a bad Bob smell. Look, everything is all right, isn't it, for this evening? Oh, absolutely. Don't you worry. It couldn't be more on top of me. And if there's one thing I love, it's a good debate on cremation versus the other one. Uh, burial. Evolution. Creation versus evolution. So, we'll expect you here for seven? For seven what? Seven o'clock. Oh, righto. Um, ta-ta, then. Looking forward to seeing you tonight, Bob. <laughs> well, that's marvellous, isn't it? don't remember saying I'd do that bloody thing. I'll have to get down the sodded library now and do some swatting up on that. <laughs> right, let's have a look. What did he say it was we were debating? Crematoriums. No. Cartoonism versus... No, where's that bit of paper? Creationism. Right, let's have a look in the dictionary. Creationism, creationism, creation. Well, that's biblical, isn't it? Adam and Eve, that sort of stuff. Oh, I could speak for days on that with, with my lay preaching experience as part-time lay preacher at St Aidan's. I'd do one of my sermons. Good, so that's that one sorted out. What was the other one? Evolution. Right. Evolution. Evolution. Charles Darwin. Origins of the species. Naturalism selection. Blah, blah, blah. Monkeys. Gorillas. Oh, it's all in here. Right then, I'll take this one out and adjourn to the shoulders of mutton to peruse it at my leisure. Can I have this one, please? Just the one. Ah, now we've been waiting for you to come in. Why? Well, you're allowed six books out, aren't you? I only want one at the moment. I don't want any more. Not compulsory, is it? You can't make me take six out, can you? No, I'm not asking you to take any more out. Quite the opposite. I don't know how you've managed it, but our records show you have a total of 41 books to your name. We had a meeting about you the day before yesterday. Oh, no, no, I haven't got all those books. I don't know who you think you've got me mixed up with, but it's not me you've got me mixed up with. I can, I can tell you that for nothing. Polo, Jilly Cooper, mm? 15 Streets, Catherine Cookson, ring any bells... Ring any bells? Is that the one about the vicar's daughter who falls from grace? In fact, you have, let's see, um, 18 Catherine Cookson's out, according to our records. Oh, no, 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 I'm not having that. Uh, I think if I had a total of 40-odd books out propping my table up, I'd know about it. <laughs> uh... Yes, but it can't be a coincidence, can it, that we haven't got any Catherine Cookson's and they're all on your card? Look... We've only got the black velvet gown in. Oh, it's not one of the best, is that? Oh, dear. Uh, if you want a good read, get the cinder path. It's about a prosperous farmer with a statistic bent and someone murders him. Now, Charlie, his mild-mannered son, witnesses it and protects who's done it out of friendship. 
but someone else has witnessed it as well. June just later, a very bitter and resentful farmer, and he tries to blackmail Charlie. Fascinating. Look, about these books... Anyway, he gets trapped in a loveless marriage, does Charlie, with Victoria Chapman, the fickle and promiscuous County Bell. But what he doesn't know is that her sister, Nellie, is in love with him, you see. Really? Please, can then I ju- the First World War happens and Charlie gets fed up with all his wife infidels with all and sundry and he signs up. Now listen to this bit. When he gets to the Somme or wherever it is, he finds himself in the charge of a sergeant with an axe to grind. Sergeant Ginger Baker, eh? Now, do you see what she's done there? She's turned it right round. Uh, I won't tell you anymore because I don't want to spoil it for you, but um, he does marry Nelly in the end, uh, in case you worried about it being a happy ending. So, um, what were you saying? Nothing, honestly, nothing. Doesn't matter. Here's your book, just please, please, take it and go away. Thank you very much. I accept your apology. <laughs> 42. <laughs> Hello there, Arthur. How are you today? That's for me to know and you to find out through asking me, Jack. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, well, what can I get you? Can I have a glass with something to drink in it? <laughs> what? But how many years have I been coming in here and you still ask me what I want to drink? I'm a regular, regular, I am. I should be able to walk in here, and as soon as you see it's me, my drink goes down on that bar without a word being spoken between us. Sorry, Arthur, fair point. I'll get you a drink. I should think so. All right, Sally. Did you see D. Ellen Pascal last night? It was... Shush! Shush! Stop it! Stop talking about it! I've not watched it yet. Wilf has taped it for me. Oh, and I've bloody well forgotten to get that off him. So, we'll have a conversation about something else, if you don't mind. Do you like pewter? Pewter? I can take it, I'll leave it. Yes, and what? I don't know, you said to have a conversation about something else. Here you go, Arthur, £2.20. What's that? That's a pint of bitter. I don't want a pint of bitter. <laughs> but you always drink bitter. Well, I fancy your change. <laughs> I'd like a bottle of barley wine, thank you. Oh, right. OK. Yeah, where are you going with that? I'm going to tip it away. Oh, you can't pour that down the sink. Think, think of the fish. They've got a different metabolism to us, you know. They can't hold their drink like we can. <laughs> you might as well let me have that. Gratis, obviously, because I didn't want it in the first place. Come on, give it here. I'll help you with your recycling. It's the only planet we've got, you know, is Earth. There's the moon. The moon, Sally, is not a planet. It's a satellite of the Earth. It looks like a planet. Oh, dear me. A frying pan would look like a planet to you, wouldn't it, if you dangled it on a bit of string in the night sky? Look, much as I'm enjoying our discourse on all things astrological, I do have to sit down and do some research for a proper debate, which, because of my intellectual bent of mind I have, I'm partaking in tonight with the good burgers of Oxford University, where all the Inspector Morses were done. <laughs> hey, and you know, if it all goes well, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that I might end up with an honorary professorship, or, or, or a doctor, or at the very least, one of those 
square hats with the tassels on. If Jasper Carrot can be made one, there's hope for us all, isn't there? With his act. What sort of frying pan? Oh, right, that's me gone. I'll just go and take my book and myself to a quiet corner of the planet Earth, if you don't mind. <laughs> right, where are we then? Ah, oh, good afternoon. I'm Count Arthur Strong, all present and correct and ready to debate. Oh, hi, I'm Chris Johnson. I spoke to you on the telephone earlier. Can I show you through to hospitality? Oh, there's hospitality, is there? <laughs> Be my guest. We've got some drinks in there and there's a buffet too. Oh, is there food and drink on? Well, I wish you'd told me. I've just paid train prices through my nose for a couple of miniature whiskies and what they laughingly called a life-sized chicken pie. <laughs> Would I be reimbursed for that, then? Because it's not my fault Noel told me there was food and drink on, is it? Um, if you'd like to follow me, we're just through here. Your fellow panellists are here already. Oh, wonderful. There's probably nothing left to drink, then. <laughs> yeah. Here we are, then. Uh, let me introduce you to Dr Julia Andrews and Professor Anthony Bartlett. Good evening. Lovely to meet you. Is that Professor in the Jasper Carrot sense? <laughs> I beg your pardon. We, we must have a word about that later, because I'm interested in becoming a professor myself. Or a doctor, or vice-chancellor of the Exchequer or something. I'm still open to suggestion. It just depends which is the best one, really. I think a chancellor is better than a professor, isn't it? But professor is better than a doctor. They're two a penny. Doctors, really, aren't they? Uh, no offence, Julia. Julia... Oh, yes. I thought when, um, what's his face, um, Bob said your name, that you were the Julie Andrews, which is a real shame. Um, no offence uh, intended again, love. Um, because I would have loved to have sat down and talked to you about Christopher Timothy. Plumothy. Plumber. Christopher Plumber. Um, if you had been in The Sound of Music, which you haven't. So that is a huge disappointment to me, really, that is... Still, I expect you get that all the time, don't you, Julie Andrews? No, not really. Oh, that's a shame for you. Never mind. Right, is there any drink left or have you two polished it off? <laughs> and the bit where they do 16 going on 17, I know that I'm naive. <laughs> oh, it's, it's just a lovely moment, isn't it, Julie? A lovely moment. Then, of course, he turns nasty, doesn't he? Christopher Plumothy, joining the Hitler Youth. Eh? Oh, dear. That's a true story, is that? Any more for any more? No, no, thank you. Julie? Julia. It's Julia. Uh, no, thank you. I do try to keep a clear head when I'm working. Suit yourself. I'll have yours. <laughs> Here, has anyone had one of these volivons? Is it tinned salmon? No, it's fresh. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I can't eat fresh. I have trouble swallowing it. And, you know, if I do get it down, it won't stay down. <laughs> Keep sliding back up again. <laughs> so, really, I've given up trying. Do you mind if I ask you, how did you get the speaking engagement? Oh, I get all sorts offered to me. You would be surprised. Hey, to tell you the truth, I forgot I was doing it until uh, my lad, Bob Thing, phoned me up this morning. Talk of the devil, your ears must be burning in its grave, Bob. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, we're ready for you, if you'd like to follow me. Of course. Of 
after you, Judy. Julia. It's Julia. Oh, do I detect a touch of nerves? <laughs> You're probably wishing you'd had a drink or two now, aren't you, love? Here, stick by me. I'll cover for you if you start to fluff your bits. Good evening, everybody. It's my pleasure to welcome you once again to the Oxford Union Debating Society. Here, here. I never got chances to ask you in there. Are you a proper doctor? Or did you just get that given, like Casper Hauser? Uh, carrot. Um, Casper Carrot. Jasper Carrot, the idiot. I'm a doctor of philosophy. Doctor of philosophy? Ooh, that sounds very grand. Oh, dear. You see, I was straying more towards Professor, but now with you saying that, I'm having second thoughts, Julia. Julia! My bloody name is Julia! That's right, love. Get it out of your system. <laughs> Can't have been easy living in Julie Andrews' shadow for all these years. It's now my great pleasure to introduce our first speaker, ladies and gentlemen, Count Arthur Strong. In the very beginnings of time, there was nothing but the darkness. God said, ooh, here, by the way, if anybody knows what's happened in Dalizer and Pasco last night... <laughs> Keep stum if you don't mind. I haven't watched it yet. God said, let there be some lights on. And there was lights on, radiant and bright. God called the light day, just like we do. And the darkness he called night, again, which is just like what we call it. So, so far, Oxford University... He's only calling things what we already know they are. And that we call a trend. On the second day, God created Adam and Eve from some spare ribs. I don't know where he got those from. No one thought to ask. Adam and Eve, naked as the day they were born, walked hand in hand through the Garden of Eden. They nibbled on one delicious fruit after another. Apples, oranges, pears, bananas, such humours, nectarines and tangerines were everyday fare. When I was researching up on the Garden of Eden, I asked my greengrocer, Alan Clifford, um, he drinks in the woodpecker, uh, for a ballpark number of just how many different kinds of fruit there would have been in those days. And he said, did Alan, that there would have to be somewhere in the region of between 50 different ones. <laughs> and that is coming from someone who's had his own shoe shop, his not shoe shop, um, fruit shop, you idiot, established 1963. Now, I don't know whether you believe any of that, because there are some people who come down on the other side of the tent. A field. Fence! The other side of the fence. And we call them the natural selection people. And Charles Dance is one of them. Um, Darwin, I mean. Charles Darwin is one of them. Now, I've read his book, um, The Oranges of the Species. <laughs> And I think I found it's Aquiles' heel, if you will. According to him, we all come from the gorillas. Fair enough. So far, so good, Charles. 
Well done, you. <laughs> but the one question you never answer is A, who made the gorillas? And two, how come there are still gorillas today if they've all turned into us? <laughs> you see, you can't have it both ways. Here, it's like Charlton Heston. One minute is Moses, Ten Commandments. Next minute is talking to a gorilla. It's talking back, riding round on a horse with a rifle in its hand. Hey, now then, a clear case, Oxford Circus, of the Bible dumbing itself down. So, in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen... I'm, I'm afraid, Chris, I can't participate in this discussion any longer. It's the most ridiculous spectacle I've ever witnessed. I'm leaving. I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry. Uh, do you mind, you two? You'll get your turn, mate. Don't worry. Dear me, talk about bad manners. He's not even a real professor. Eh? <laughs> when Charles Dons sailed... Uh, bloody Darwin, I mean... Sailed to the North Pole on HMS... Um, Oh, what is it? It's um, called after the dog, not the Labrador. It's got longer ears than a Labrador. Um, oh, look, it's not really important what his boat's called, is it? Must we keep going on about Basset Hound? Hey, no, no, it wasn't that. Forget it. Just forget it. Now, it's not my job to tell you what to think about Charles Dance and his naturism. If he wants to play tennis in the nude or, or fry eggs in the nude, uh, then that's his business. As long as he doesn't start impinging his beliefs and letting it all hang out around us. Though, frankly, I wouldn't go near hot fat if I was in me underpants, let alone me altogether. That is just an accident waiting to happen. Here. And aren't all the women that do it fat? Oh, dear. Hey, you have a look next time they do a programme on it. Dear me. Beagle! Beagle! That was it! <laughs> Told you! Hey, now then! And so, the choice, ladies and gentlemen, is yours. Many thanks for listening to all I spake. You've been lovely. I've been Count Arthur Strong. Good night, Oxford Circus. Is that three minutes? I can do more if it's not quite. It was nearer three quarters of a bloody hour. Was it? Blimey, no wonder I'm dying for the lavatory. <laughs> Doesn't time fly by when you're gripped by what you're saying? Um, excuse me, won't you, Judy? I'll, um, I'll have to go before I burst. Look out, coming through. <laughs> Right, let's find a stone. Wilf! Wilf! Come to the window, you dozy so-and-so-and-so. Wilf! You bloody idiot! You didn't give me the Dahlia's Elvin postcode! I need to know what happened! I want me video, Wilf! I want to watch Dahlia's Elvin postcode! You deaf old... Idiot! Oh, stop it! Oh, that's me out of here! I didn't do it! Appearing with Count Arthur Strong were Sue Perkins, Alistair Kerr, and Dave Mountfield. The script was written by Steve Delaney and edited by Graham Duff. 
Count Arthur Strong's radio show was recorded live at Comedia Brighton, is produced by John Leonard and Mark Radcliffe, and is a joint Comedia Entertainment and Smooth Operations production. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.